Before I talk to you guys today about miracles today, I, I want to read a couple of pastoral scripture to you today and, and kind of get us kind of set up for this conversation that we're going to have. The Bible says in John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. The, the thief comes to kill and to steal and to destroy. That's what the enemy wants to do. And if we look around today, you see a lot of killing and stealing and destroying because the enemy wants to do those things to, to people. The Bible says the, the enemy is synonymous with the word Satan. Satan's job in this world is to do, to do the killing and to do the stealing and to the destroying. I was so sad last week when I walked out of church last week and I saw what happened to our friends in that church over in Sri Lanka. And, and I went to put on this shirt today and it made me, to, I, made, I stopped and prayed because my shirt was made in Sri Lanka. And I just stopped and prayed for that church today. I wonder what it's like for them to be in church today or a few hours back ago having church the, the, the week after a, 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 a senseless and a very, 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 very bad thing that happened to their church. Hundreds of people lost their life. And I wonder what it'd be like. But the enemy's happy because he comes to, to kill and to steal and to, to destroy. But Jesus says, I've come to give you guys a better life. And if you're here today and you picked a good place because when you come to church, you hear a message about a person whose name is Jesus. And he wants to give you a better life. He wants to give you a, a rich and a satisfying life. I know about satisfying the reason why I know about satisfying, I went on a missions trip uh, a, long, a long time ago, um, probably 11, 12, 13 years ago, and uh, we were working hard, and we were on this roof of this building. We were building a church in the middle of nowhere, and uh, we were taking these tin, this tin metal roof off, and, and as we took it off, hundreds of thousands of bats would fly everywhere, and it was a disaster. It was hot. We were in, we were in Guatemala, Central America somewhere. It was so, so, so hot right there, and one day they said to us, we're going to take you guys to a spring. And we hopped in that spring. That is the, that is the definition of, of satisfying. Some of you guys have been to Hawaii. Did you guys go to Hawaii last year? I see some of you guys, pictures of Hawaii. Like when it's really, really hot and you see that nice blue water, you jump in, that is, that is satisfying. Mowing your lawn today and, or mowing your lawn this week and, and grabbing a drink out of the refrigerator, whatever it is, your drink of choice, and it closes down your throat and it is satisfying. My daughter said to me today, Dad, this drink is so cold. I said, how do you know? She goes, I can feel it down in my leg. <laughs> I said, that's my girl. That's my girl. That is... That is satisfying. Jesus wants you to have a satisfying life. So we have the good angel and the bad angel. The bad angel is Satan. He wants to kill and to steal and destroy. Ephesians chapter 6 tells us this. If we are not fighting, we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. That There's a battle going on that you and I, we can't see it. We're not... We're not, I'm not fighting with my, with my wife. I'm not fighting with, the, with people in my neighborhood. I'm not fighting with people when I get in a fight with those people. The Bible says that we're fighting a battle that we don't really even see. We're, there's a spiritual battle going on. And a lot of you guys in here today are like, oh, that's spooky spiritual stuff. I think sometimes we, we underestimate the power of the enemy. And then sometimes we overplay the power of the enemy. I don't think that the enemy is stronger than God. I don't think the enemy, Satan, is stronger than you. The Bible says that greater is he that is in you, that he is in the world. So I believe you have more power than you think. The Bible says that the same power that rose Christ from the dead just last week on Easter, that same power lives in both you and I. So we can, we can make it in this life. Just nod your head. We can make it in this life. We can, the enemy's coming to kill, steal, and destroy. But God says, I'm coming to give you abundant life. And the battle that we're fighting, we're not really fighting it. It's already been won. The Bible tells us that in Revelations. I read the book from Genesis to Revelations. And at the very end, the Bible says that you and I, we win if we're children of God. We win. But there's still a battle. There's still some, there's still some wars that have to be, there's some wars that have to be fought. We're not fighting against those things. But what happens to a lot of us in here today, and I'm reading those passages of scripture to you today, is because I want to I launch into these passages to kind of get us into this idea of, 
of miracles. When I walked in here today and I asked you, do you believe in miracles? Some of you guys are like, oh, no, I don't believe in miracles. I don't know that I, I, I believe in miracles. And, and miracles are a necessity. The reason why miracles are, are, are a necessity is because there's some people in here today or some people that you know that they've been, the enemy's got them. The enemy's grabbed them by the wrist and kind of kind of kind of got them locked up a little bit and kind of can't get away. Moms and dads, you know about having your wrist locked up and, and fighting because those kids, they, when you go to cross street, you go to grab them by the, by the wrist and you would think that you were trying to cut their arm off. They just immediately go lifeless and you're just dragging a live body like right across the road. We get across the road and Judah's like, I can't, I can't, I can't. I can't you gotta let go of me. I'm like, dude, I am not. I go to get my daughter's attention. Come here, sweetheart. And she listens to me. I grab her by the arm and it, you know, they're ready to, they're ready to fight. The enemy sometimes likes to reach on and, and kind of kind of grab onto us, and he, he likes to control our lives a little bit. You, you guys know about that. You guys have seen people that have things that have kind of jumped on their life and kind of controlled them, and they, it's that monster on their back that they can't shake. It's that addiction in their life that they can't, that they can't seem, to, seem, to, seem to break away from, break from, break away from. The enemy just kind of gets in our lives, and he tries to kill us and to steal from us. And to destroy us. And if it wasn't for miracles, then we wouldn't be able to get, get away. I, um, I wrote down this definition for the word a miracle. I wrote down this. A miracle is when God does something that we can't. When God does something that we can't. Tony and Jason Vincent struggle with infertility for 10 years. And then out of the blue, God shows up and does something that we can't. 10 years. And it had a baby. And then less than a year later, God did it, again, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. I said, how is your aunt doing? How is your aunt doing okay? Stage four cancer. He said, it's gone. I don't know. And I love that the guy told me that because he's kind of, I think sometimes, like, I don't know if he's like, if he thinks miracles are spooky or if he's like, that's a little bit too much. Or he's kind of like got a conservative, uh, kind of conservative view of the scripture. He's like, yo, the cancer is gone. I said, but you said it was stage four cancer. He goes, yeah, I know it was gone. It was gone. I was talking to a young man recently struggling with some sort of addiction and and he said, man, it's gone. I just, I don't know. It's just gone. I woke up and it was, it was gone. I know Jackie, Jackie Hamlet out was a, was a young man. He's, he's not young anymore. And I knew him. He was 50 years old. That was young when I, when I knew him. He's 50. He's probably been about 15 years. He's probably in his sixties. And he was a functioning alcoholic for 25 years of his life. And one day his daughter walked up to him. And she goes, are you going to drink the rest of your life? And God took that addiction from him. And it's been gone for this last 16, 17 years. He never, ever, never looked back. That God sometimes takes takes away. So my question for you today is, do you believe in miracles? Now, uh, super transparent moment with you guys today. Um, when I kept on asking myself the question, do I believe in miracles? A song popped in my head and it just happened to pop in my head. And so some of you guys are like, this is weird. When anything pops in his head, if you're visiting today, like you're probably, you don't know anything. Like when he, things pop in my head, you don't want me to say them. <laughs> That's what everybody else say. Like, don't say it. I brought my friend. Like, don't say what you popped in your head. But this is what this is what popped in my head. I, I got my phone. I, I knew you wouldn't let me do this. So I went ahead and brought my own device. And so I was like, I got this. And so this is what popped in my head when I started thinking, when I asked myself the question, do I believe in miracles? You know what I'm about to play? You got to press play first. I haven't rehearsed this. I mean, I have, but give me a second. Yeah, I do. No, I don't want to sing it because I'm not as good a singer as you. You know what the weird thing is right now? This is probably playing somewhere else. Turn my Bluetooth off. You guys are all, look, everyone's like giving me instructions. Let's see. It's not going to play. It's not going to play because this literally is playing somewhere else. But the song goes, 
I believe in miracles. Where are you from, you sexy thing? Some of you guys are so excited. I believe in miracles. Where are you from, you sexy thing? And you're like, man, that cannot be a song. The, 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 the artist of the song, you know, you know about this, don't you? You're like, this guy is like totally, like, like, this is like dating me a little bit. The, the artist that wrote this, his, his, his artist name is called Hot Chocolate, which is what Diana calls me. So I totally can relate. I can tell, do you believe in miracles? Where are you from, you sexy thing? And I love, I kept on listening to that song this morning in the, in the car and Chip's like, dad, I don't think that's appropriate. I'm like, it's probably not, but don't tell mom. I believe in miracles. I, I, I've learned to, in my little bit of time of life and a little bit of time in ministry, I've, been learned, I've, I've, I've learned to believe in, to believe in miracles. And if you believe in miracles, then you believe in miracles and they, and they happen. And if you don't believe in miracles, then the miracles probably don't, they probably don't happen. Now, some of you guys, I think the word miracle could be like, some of you guys, like, you don't really get the full weight of a miracle. Some of you guys think a miracle is when you pull into the mall parking lot and God gives you a front row space. You're like, that is a miracle. Like, that's not, that's not a miracle. A miracle would be everyone arriving at the same exact time and then you getting the front row space. A miracle is not when you, when you go and you're passing by, a, you just happen to see a Chick-fil-A on the right. Like, that's not a miracle. You, they're everywhere, you know? It's like, it's like a Dunkin' or a Starbucks. Like, oh, man, I hope I find a miracle. I hope I find a Dunkin' or something. Oh, it's a miracle God provided. Some of you guys, a lot of times in our church, every couple of months, we'll post a free, we'll post a free Starbucks on Friday. When you open up your phone, you're like, it is a miracle. God loves me. He has a plan for my life. People get so mad when they miss the free Starbucks day. But do you believe in, do you believe in miracles? If you do, then you do. Then if you don't, then you've never seen one. A miracle is when God is when God shows up. Matthew chapter 17, the Bible says this in verses uh, 14 through 21. At the foot of the mountains, a large crowd was waiting for them. At the foot of the mountains, a large crowd was waiting was waiting for them. This is Jesus and his disciples, and, and they're doing some things. They're helping people, and we're a church that exists to help people and to love people. And the, we, the reason why we do that as a church is because we see Jesus everywhere he went. He went places, and he helped people, and he loved people, and he served people. So we're just trying to emulate what we see Jesus go out, go out and do. And the Bible says that um, the man came and he nailed to him and, and he said this, Lord, have mercy on my son. He has, seiz he has seizures. Now, I don't know about seizures, but my son has this thing now where he passes out every once in a while when he takes a hard blow to his head. And it is the weird, it's, it's, it's a little bit funny now. It was, it was very traumatic. It happened again. I was with Brooke and Fraley out at a twisty tree and he was swinging out of the, um, he's swinging out between the two chairs and he, he, and he, swing, he swung a little bit too far. He swinged a little bit too far and went forward and he hit his head. Um, Kristen, I'm glad you're here. My English is not that good, but I'm working on it. And so he was swinging and he fell and he hit his head. And I was like, but are you okay? I picked him up and I put my arm underneath him. And, and about 10 seconds later, he just went lifeless. And luckily I didn't drop him. My, my 11 year old, she swooped in there and she caught his head. Well, the other day we're having a birthday party for one of our, one of our friends and, and um, we like to party. And so we we're having this party and, um, and my son's riding down this little hill thing in our backyard on the slide thing on his feet. And I'm like, that is my son. What a stinking athlete. Like he's just going on this thing. And I'm like, so he falls off and he lands and he hits his butt. I'm like, well, that's going to hurt. But it didn't hurt him. He's like, I'm going at it again. You know, so he went again. Same thing happened. He did that again. But this time he fell and he hit the, he hit his frontal cortex get super, super uh, technical with you. He had his frontal cord. He ran up to me and I caught him. I was like, you okay? And he did it. He went again, lifeless, passed out again. 
So if you ever see my son hit his frontal cortex, just give him about a minute, he's gonna come back. You're like, this explains a lot about why your kids have issues because you're letting them ride down scooters. And all the hover moms are like, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. Well, I have four kids and you don't, okay? So they're all, and this far, <clears throat> I've made it, okay? The Bible says this, that this kid was having seizures and he suffers from them, suffers from them terribly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I mean, this, is, this kid has a serious he has a serious issue. He falls. He, he sometimes will throw himself into the, into the fire. He'll jump into the water, and he cannot, he cannot swim when this is happening. I mean, this is, a, this is a traumatic experience, and his mom and dad are always there, and they don't really know what to do. Now, if they're anything like you and they're like me, they've gone to some hospitals. They've gone to some doctors. They've gone, they've prayed. They've asked people for help. They're like, man, we, this can't be okay because we're going to lose our son because there's going to be one day when we don't catch him and, and we don't pull him out of the fire fast enough. There's going to be one day where he jumps, off a, jumps into a lake and we're not going to be there to pick him up. You, you guys know what I'm saying? Like, they've got the, every, if they had a pool, they had the net all the way around. Like, these guys have done everything they possibly they, could they do to make sure their son wasn't having these seizures and, 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 and killing himself. Verse 16, so I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. So they take him to the disciples and they say, hey, I brought him to the dream team and they can't help him. Like the people that are with you all the time, you're, you're, the people that are closest to you, I've seen them do miracles. I've seen you do miracles, but no one, no one seems to be able to, to help this, to help my son. And then Jesus says this to them. Jesus drops the bomb on him. He goes, your faith, you're, you faithless and corrupt people how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. You guys have heard me say this before, and I've heard it. I've, I don't remember where I stole it from, but if you think you can or you think you can't, then you're right. Like, that, if you think something can happen, good can happen, then good can happen. If you think bad's going to happen, guess what happens? Bad's going to happen. Last night we walked out of this, this, the, the soccer stadium and there was a group of about 10 or 12 boys. And I'm just walking, like trying to be as fearless as possible. And my wife's like, we're not going this way. She's like, just turn around, young man. And we get around, we get in the car. She's like, thanks for not. She goes, thanks for not taking us that way with all those boys. I was like, on the inside, I was like, yeah, that's cool, girl. But on the, on the, on the outside, I was cool. But on the inside, I was like, yeah, they were going to beat me up. You know, I was like, I don't want to go that route either. I'm glad you wanted to go the other way. But I was like, I had to be confident, Albert. I had to act like I, act like I knew where I was going. These guys are trying everything. And he, and he walks up to Jesus and he goes, hey, guys, how long must I carry the weight for you guys? Like, how long is your faith going to be, how long is your faith going to be little? How long are you gonna? How long are you gonna pray prayers that you really don't? That you're really not expecting God to show up and, and do something? Or how long are you gonna? How long are you gonna keep on doing things and not ever come to me and ask me for help? Now this guy, he's exhausted all of his measures. He's been to every single doctor possible. Now he's gone to the disciples. He said, "Hey guys, I need you to help me out." And I'll be honest, if it's me and if you're honest today, if you would have went to the disciples and you would have struck out the disciples, you would just went and said, "You know what? Let's go ahead and chalk this up as a loss. No one can help me." But this guy's last, his last ditch effort, he goes to the Savior of the world. He goes to, he goes to Jesus. Now, it was hard for me to get to Jesus because the Bible said there was a large crowd there and somehow he made it through. Everywhere Jesus went, there was a large crowd. So it's hard to get to him. And we find him, this guy, he finally gets, he finally gets to Jesus, the Bible says. And he says, verse 18, then Jesus rebuked the demon and the boy and it left him. And from that moment, the boy was well. The, the, the kid had a, he, he, he was overpowered by the demons. He was overpowered by the, by the enemy. The Bible tells us that God has angels and they look after us and they take good care of us. And that's what, that's what they do. There's a, lot of things you, there's a lot of things in your life that don't happen 
And the reason why they don't happen is because there's angels there protecting you from them, them happening. The other day I'm driving my car to my neighborhood and I see a minivan flipped over. I said, kids, you see that minivan flipped over? That's why you wear your seatbelt. Because there are no there are no guarantees. I've been pulled over before, and I think sometimes I get pulled over before I get pulled over because if I didn't get pulled over, then I would have been the accident that I passed just up the road half mile. There's angels out there. They're watching you guys. They're looking out for you. But the Bible also tells us this, that we're not fighting a battle that's a flesh and there's, 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 there's enemies. And so the, the Satan, he's, he's the enemy, and he has, he has angels, and they cause bad things to happen because the Bible tells in John chapter 10 that the thief and his, and his angels, they come to kill and to steal and to destroy. So when you see bad things happen, it's not God. When you see bad things happen, you see it's the enemy, okay? So that's why I want to read those pastoral scriptures. So this Bible tells us here that this kid didn't have a physical problem. He had a spiritual problem. And I think a lot of people in life, they're going through, they're going through life and they're trying to win at life. They're trying to succeed, but they have a spiritual, there's a spiritual problem, okay? And so there's a distance between them and God and the enemy. He's got it by the wrist and he's pulling around. Or I don't know if any of you parents in here today, you'll be honest. I'm going to ask you to be honest in here just for a moment, okay? Usually I'm the honest guy, and you don't have to be honest. But how many of you guys have ever put your kid in one of those sling things, those, one of those things that make sure they don't run away from you, like either a backpack type thing or like a, a, a wrist? How many of you guys have ever done that with your kid before? These are all the good parents. And uh, we bought them. We bought them. And we never used them because I thought it was a little bit like child abuse. Because that stuff would work a long time ago. But if you use that today, that is child abuse. You know, like, you don't really know, like, is that, was that harness, like, that harness was too tight on him, Mr. Beach. You know, like, we're going to need you to come to jail with us. You know, like, so, like, I didn't care. But we did let our, my, my, my daughter and my mom, my mom took the kids one day. And, and I'm like, hey, mom, Judas, like, running around like a, like, a, like a squirrel with his head cut off. Like, take this backpack. Like, I was too embarrassed to use it, but you need this. Like, just, you, you don't care. My mom's a ninja. She had six kids. And she took, like, 20 kids with her to this thing. And I'm like, just take it. And so he put it on. And, and my 11-year-old walked around with them. With this, with this leash on him. And he's here today to, pr- to prove that it worked, you know. So we see here in this passage of Scripture, this kid, he, does, he, has a, he, has an, he has some issues and he can't really get any kind of relief. But Jesus shows up and does something. And miracles when God shows up and does something that you and I can't. And God showed up and did something that you and I, we can't. Verse 19, afterward, the disciples went to Jesus privately. They're embarrassed, as you and I would be too. And they said, hey, Jesus, why couldn't we cast out the demon? Like, what happened? Like, what, where did... Where did things go wrong? Like we had ca- they had casted out some demons before. Like they have done that. And some of you guys, you, you, you're a parent here today, you've casted demons out of your two-year-old. Usually you probably used a belt, but they were using different, they were like using like cloths, like they were just touching people. Like they were doing incredible, incredible things and people were being healed. And the Bible says this in verse 20, you don't have enough faith. You don't have enough faith. Jesus told them, I tell you the truth, if you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say this mountain move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. So if you don't have an experience of miracle in a while, the Bible says that your lack of miracles is attached to your faith. So my question for you today is not really do you believe in miracles, why that is a question, and you ought to answer that question, is, is do you have any, how big is your faith? Now, we've, this church is going to be almost four years old, and, and every year we get a little bit older. I want our faith to, I want your faith, and I want my faith, I want it to grow, And the greater our faith grows, the more that something can happen. The Bible says this, that if you had greater faith and you actually could move 
that you can actually move mountains. Now, I want to just hold on a second because some of you guys are thinking, I've, I've tried to, I'm having a hard enough time trying to power cling 135 pounds. I'm having a hard enough time trying to lift shoulder to overhead 115 pounds. I'm having a hard enough time to pick up 304 pounds for all my CrossFitters in here today. I don't know if you guys knew it or not, but I CrossFit. But you're like, how in the world? I can't even lift a little bit of weight. How can I move a, how can I move a mountain? The Bible says that faith can move a mountain. It may not be able to move a barbell, but it can move a, it can move a mountain. Your faith can actually move mountains. My question for you is, do you believe miracles, but do you, how big is your faith? How big is your faith? I believe in miracles, because some of you guys in here today, it's a miracle that you're actually even in church. When people come to Hope Church, I'm like, how long's it been? I talk to them like they've been in jail, like how long you been out for? You know, like, I'm like, how long, when's, when's the last, and most people that come to church are like, yo, it's been 16 years. I gave up on church people a long time ago. It's been 10 years. It's been 12 years. A, a guy came a few weeks ago, and, and, and he filled out a connection card, and that connection card said, trying out church again. It's been two decades. Like, people are giving, like, they're like, hey, I, 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 there was a faith down in there. I'm trying to get that faith to come out again. I, it's been a long time. That's all I'm trying to say. It's been a long time. My question for you today is, how big is your faith? The greater the faith, the greater the miracle. The greater the faith, the more you can move the more you can move mountains. In order for us to build this church, or this church, it, moved, it cost a, it was a miracle. Diane and I are praying and driving and asking God, what's the next step for this church? It's gonna take a, it's gonna take a miracle. But that a miracle is attached to our faith. Every single day, God is growing. God is growing our faith. Last week was, was, was incredibly packed. And we're talking about next year, having three services. And like, we're always trying to ask God, God, hey God, can we do something more? Not, not only can we do something more, God, God, could you show up? And God, could you do something more? God, could you do a could, could we see a miracle? I don't want to talk about everybody else's miracles. I want to be a part of them myself. I want to be a part of myself. I don't want to say, man, God, look what God's doing over there. I want to say, look what God is doing right here. Look what God is doing right here. Look at the mountains that God is moving at Hope Church. So I want to give you a couple of things that I think you can, that I think maybe could help you if you're looking for a, if you're looking for a miracle. There's something in your life right now, you're like, man, I really wish God could take this away. I wish, I'm just really asking God to, I'm asking God to show up. I just need him to show up in this area of my life. And I want to give you a couple things that I think that maybe would, that maybe would help you, that maybe, maybe would, help, would help me. Here's the first one. We pray for God to show up. We pray for God to show up. Like, we just can't sit around and say, man, I, I hope God shows up. Or, man, I, wish, I really wish something would happen. We got to pray that God would show up. I remember one, one of the times when I was trying to, I had some important meetings coming up and I had to, I was asking God to do some things. I just, God did some things and, and I was asking him to do them and he was doing them, but I, I needed him to do some bigger things. My, I, I needed my faith to grow. I needed God to show up and show that he, that he was there. I, I was in my office across town, the church that we worked in. I just went over to this little thing that I usually said and I just kneeled down and said, God, I need you to show up. There's some tough meetings that I have and that I've been having. I've been asking God on the way to those meetings. God, I just need you to, God, would you please just show up? God, I need you to show up in a big way. We pray for God to show up. Do you know why God doesn't show up sometimes? Because we never ask him to. What I like about God is this, that God's not asserting himself. Can he assert himself? Absolutely. But there's sometimes that he just doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't assert, he's not going to assert himself. He's asking you to ask him to show up. He's asking you to ask him, hey, God, would you, God, I need you to, I need you to show up. Some of you guys in here today, we're doing all these things to try to manufacture a win when we could just stop and say, God, I, God I'm, just, I'm really asking you to show up, God. God, if this doesn't work, then I just don't know what's gonna happen. If this doesn't, if this doesn't go through, then, then it's not gonna go through. God, I just need you, to, I need you to show up. God, my kid is not doing the right thing. We gotta pray that he'll do the right thing, that she will do the right thing. My relationships aren't going the right way. We gotta pray that God would show up. 
and pray and pray and pray and pray. And I wanna say this to you today. If he doesn't show up in the way that you think he should show up, that doesn't mean that he didn't show up. That's miserable. <laughs> These guys, that's good. That's miserable. Like, let's call it what that is. That's miserable. Because I've been praying the same prayer, Wes, for 20 years, five years, two years, and he doesn't show up the way that I think he should show up. Does that mean he doesn't show up? God, the Bible says that God never leaves you and he never forsakes you. So it's not that he didn't show up. He didn't show up the way that you think he should show up. He showed up and we missed him. Elijah was on the mountaintop and he was asking God for some things and an earthquake happened. He's like, that must've been God. And God's like, nope, that wasn't it. Then a big wind came, wind blew through there. And Elijah's like, yo, that must've been God. God, God, hey, God, thank you. God, thanks for showing up. The Bible says that God wasn't in the wind. And then Elijah heard a small little whisper. And Elijah was like, well, that definitely ain't it. Cause I know God, like I've seen the fire thing happen when we soaked the altar and the fire and God caught fire from heaven and it soaked all the water up. Like I've seen a lot of crazy things, but I, God doesn't exist in the whispers. And I wanna hear today to let you know that sometimes God is speaking to us. Sometimes God is saying things to us and we're, it's so loud around us that we can't hear the whisper. We gotta pray that he shows up. And, and by the way, think about the worst case scenario of your situation, it's probably not gonna happen. But if it does, it ain't over yet. It ain't over yet. I sit in some environments with some people with some pretty cruddy situations. And you know what I'm thinking? I've got ADD, so I'm hoping that we get, I, you know I'm hoping every time I'm with people, I'm just hoping six months could come, could come around. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping for. I'm like, you're gonna make it. I've already seen this before. I've seen God do what only he can do before. I've seen miracles before. The problem is we just need some more time. Like, can you just give me, give me six, more, six, more, six more months? Can you give God six more months? Can you give God six more years? You can't give God six years if your faith's not big. Tony and Jason probably had given up. And then all of a sudden on the 10th day, 10th month, for them it was the 10th year, Julian was born. Then a year and a half later, 10 months later, pregnant again. God will show up. But if he doesn't show up, church, this is the most part. Maybe some of you guys, you don't even want to hear that first word. That point is like miserable to you. You don't even care. You can only have to write that down. Don't take a picture of it. You can delete it. He may not show up the way that you want him to show up. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. I have lived through enough nightmares. I've lived through enough. I've been to enough hospital visits. I've seen enough people die of cancer. I've been through enough divorces. I've been through enough diseases. I've been through enough people struggling to get things that the God thought that they thought God had for them. And I've seen all those people make it to the other side. We pray, we pray for God to show up in here. Here's the second one. We work hard. We work hard. It's one of our core values of this church. We do work. We do work. We work hard. We work hard. That's what we do. If you got a, if you have a, if you have a, if you have a disease in here today, you have a health complication. We we go to the hospital and we pray. We work and we pray. If we can't, if you're here today and you just lost your job, we don't sit around and say, "Man, I just." We we send out a hundred resumes and we pray. We do both. We're both in kind of church. We do work and we pray. There are some of you guys in here today, I don't, there's, not a, there's not a special recipe for a miracle. You do work and you pray. 
that does help. And there's no super miracle. There's no like, there's no combination. I think sometimes people come to church like, yo, give me a secret combination to fix all my situations and it's gonna work. We do work. Having health issues. You go to the doctor and you pray. If you got a kid that you wanna spank every day or you do spank every day or you have a 17-year-old here today or a 15-year-old here today, you, you help them. You help them, but you also pray for them. You spend time with them. Maybe you take the phone away. Maybe you, maybe you put some parameters on them. Maybe you, 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 you give them a, a timeout or a, a, we call it grounding. I don't know what you call it. Like you, 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 you punish them, but you also pray. You don't pray and say, here's the keys. I'll see you whenever you want to come home tonight. That ain't going to help them. If you're struggling through a situation, a relational thing, you go to the counselor. You, you, you get around the right kind of people. You call some friends. You go out and get some advice. And you pray. You have to do both. The problem is when people get in a situation like this, a lot of people, their antidote is this. Their antidote is isolation. I'm just going to be by myself because no one knows what I'm going through. Can I be honest with you today? Let me just give you a spoiler alert. There are people in this room that are going through what you've been through. And if you'd get to know them, it would help you get through what you're going through a little bit faster. It'd help you get, it'd help you get through it a little bit faster. We, we work, but we also, we also pray. Nelson is, a, is a, one of the guys on our, our dream team. And he had this health thing. He's like, I just can't, can't figure it out. Like, let's just pray that God will heal it in the next 21 days. Let's just pray that God will show up and do something. Well, in the meantime, Mayo, Mayo Clinic in Jacksonville. Mayo Clinic in Jacksonville. Mayo Clinic in Jacksonville. We do the work, but we also pray. I don't think you just sit around and say, all right, just God, take this from me. Just take this from me. Try everything. A friend of ours, Mr. O'Neill and I, they're a friend, a friend of ours, his, his wife just... Lost, lost her bottle of cancer like six, six months ago, seven months ago. And man, you go get all the medicine, you can do all those things, but you also have to pray. You gotta do both. You gotta do both. A lot of us in here today, we're losing the battle because we won't, there's things that we can do and there's things that God can do and we're not doing both of them. Does that make sense? If I struggled, if I had an addiction in here today, I do have an addiction to my wife. If I had a, a, an addiction that I couldn't, let's say it was alcoholism in here today. Let's just throw something out there. If I had that, if that was, a, is that something that was just crippling me? I'm like the little boy in the story. And this, this, this I, if I had that, then I wouldn't go to the bar. That's what I, I wouldn't go there. Cause that's the thing that's gonna, it's gonna hurt me. I'm not gonna hang out with people who go to the bar all the time. I'm not gonna go there. That isn't gonna help me. That's not gonna help me. That doesn't help me if that's a struggle that I have. I used to tell people all the time, kids that struggle with, with addiction to things on the internet. Well, maybe you gotta get rid of the internet. Maybe you need a flip phone. Like my kids are gonna have until they're 23. Like you, just, you need a flip phone. <laughs> no apps on it, Kristen. Like my kids are gonna be like, what the heck is this? My kids asked me the other day, hey, um, when you were a kid, this is what they asked me, I, I almost punched them. My 11 year old said, hey, when you were a kid, were there cars? What is wrong with you? 
I'm like, did Ryan Talbot send you to ask me that question? Like, why would you say? Yes, there were cars. And it was the good old days. Gas was less than a dollar. That's a miracle. Now, if gas, if we come out here tomorrow and gas is a dollar, then you'll start believing in miracles, won't you? Absolutely you will. Some of you guys are like, I'll believe in miracles and I will upgrade to that Yukon Denali that I've always wanted. Maybe that's just me. Let's be honest here today. I will get a, if it goes a dollar, I will buy a bigger vehicle. Promise you. God, please, God, I believe in you, God. Would you just send a miracle tomorrow? Something crazy is going to happen tomorrow and gas is going to be a dollar for like five minutes at some gas pump and someone's going to be like, Wes, I believe. <laughs> We pray, but we also work. We pray, but we also work. A young man came to our, our, um, our church a little, a, little less, a little less than a year ago. And he, um, he when I, and, and Lee called me and said, hey, I need you to call this guy. When I called the guy, he already had the gun out and the rope prepared. It was gonna be the worst day of his family's life and the worst day of his life. And before I took that phone call, I didn't want to take the phone call. I'll be honest with you guys, I don't like bad news. You ever been to those in staff meetings like, are we going to talk about something good that happens, something bad that happens? And our team meetings with our church, when it's like, like, it gets to that part, I'm like, yeah, I don't care about what bad happened. Like, everything could have been miserable today, but I'll find the one thing, like, yo, it was a great day. <laughs> it was a great day. Like, what do you, what do you got? Like, was, we, we, all, we all were there. Like, that's the one, like, I'll find something. Like, the air worked in this place. Like, I just, we'll figure something out. I want to find the one, I'll find that one, that one good thing. I don't like bad news. So I was like, so I got on my phone, I'm like, I got to call this guy. I didn't want to call the guy because I, I knew I was going into a, into a situation that I wasn't a controlled environment for you. I don't want to, I don't want to get on the phone. I don't want to put the work in. But before I even put the work in, I prayed, I was prayed up. So I'm like, I got to have, I got to be ready to go. I got to be ready to go. So I said, God, I don't really know what I'm about to get into. But if you could help me, I would appreciate it. If you could show up, I'd appreciate it. God, would you, would you help me? Would you give me the words to say, God? And then I went and I did the work. I went and did the work, I prayed. It's like when you look on Wattify and you see 100 burpees for time. You pray and then you go and you do the work. Like you gotta pray and you gotta do the work. You gotta pray and you gotta do the work. And I know that because the Bible says this in Ephesians chapter six, verse 17. You gotta put on the salvation as your, as your helmet and you gotta take the sword of the spirit, which is the word, this word of God. You gotta put, you gotta get ready to go. You gotta put on some stuff. We, we see that pastor, you're like, oh, that's a good pastor of scripture. I love the whole armor of God. That's a great story. The flannel graph and the kids' church and they put on the flannel graph and they put on the thing. Like, I love that story. We got to put in the work, but the Bible says, but also pray in the spirit at all times and for every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent and pray and pray and pray and pray. We got to stay alert and we got to prepare. We got to get ready. We got to put the helmet on. We got to get the sword out. We gotta put the work in, but we also have to pray. We can't do one or the other, because if we do one or the other, God's never gonna show up. We gotta do both. So my question for you today is, do you believe in miracles? Do you believe in miracles? And then here's the second thing I'm gonna do. We're gonna do something over the next, over the next three or four weeks that I think is gonna be monumental for our church. Now this, what we're talking about today, this is, this is like, this is like JV, almost varsity level stuff. We haven't talked about it. We're almost four years old. We haven't even, we've stayed away from miracles. I don't want you guys to think this is a weird church. <clears throat> but the more I read the Bible, the more I'm seeing things that you guys are now that we're all not ready for. People will come to groups in our house and like, man, community group is so much better than Sunday mornings. 
I'm like, you know I'm the guy that preaches on Sunday mornings. They're like, no, this, what they're saying is like, you just, this is, it's deeper. It's, it's just, in the houses that we, the houses that we meet at, it's deeper. You can ask them, you can ask questions in those houses. You can, you can get answers in those houses, but you're sitting in church, I can't really ask any questions. So we're able to do that in homes that we meet at. The food is good and God's word is even better. This is, we're gonna do some, so here's what we're gonna identify today. Here's where we're gonna land the, land the plane is I wanna ask you this question today that only you can answer is are you, do you need a miracle in your life right now? Do you need a miracle in your life? Because here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna pray and believe for you over the next 21 days that God does something. Because that's what a miracle is, is we pray and we do the work and we ask God just to do something. And I believe in the next 21 days, 30 days, however long the series is gonna go, that God's gonna start shifting some things in your life. And your situation may not change, but your spirit can. Your situation may not change, but you'll start to embrace the season that you're in a little bit different. You may not like the temperature, you may not like the climate and the season that you're in, but things are gonna shift in your season. You're gonna start to embrace your, you can embrace this season. Did you know this? The longer that you don't embrace the season, I've noticed this, the longer that I don't embrace the season, the longer the season lasts. Like, you know, I've been in this season for a long, like I've been in winter for like three years, Wes. You never embraced it. You didn't learn what you should have learned in the winter so spring can never come. Learn it and move on. For some of you guys in here today, there's more weeks. Sometimes I preach like there's no more weeks, but maybe for some of you guys in here today, what God's trying to show you in this season is that he just wants to grow your faith. That's it, that's it. That's what he's trying to, and the, the, the thing that you're going through, he just wants to build your faith in it. Can he provide financially for you in your situation? I believe for some of you guys, if you're looking for a financial miracle, I believe it's gonna come the next 21 days. I just, I'm gonna believe that for you. I'm gonna, believe that, I'm gonna believe that for you, financial. Some of you guys in here today, that you need a miracle of healing. You need God to do something in your body. I'm gonna pray and believe that God shows up and does what only he can do. I can't do it for you. I'm gonna pray that he can do that. Some of you guys in here today, you're just, you need to see, you're asking for protection around your kids. You have a kid's gonna go to college in, a, in now, or he's already there, she's already there. And you just, you need God to protect. Maybe right now, you need God to shift something. Maybe you need a relational miracle. I just believe that God's gonna do something the next few days that, that only he can, that only he can do. And I believe that he can do it.